Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Ugh. Tell me it's Friday. Hey. Tell me it's Friday. Hey. Yo, tell me it's Friday. It's the 411 on getting banking done. Yo, it's Forefront Credit Union. It's the CU that's got you for what you do when you do. You see, we're local and mobile and social in the community. Now we bring it all in with the unity. That's you and me. Yeah, being what we want to be. Yo, and tell me it's Friday. Hey, tell me it's Friday. Yo, tell me it's Friday. Tell me it's Friday. <laughs> All right. Well, it is time for another episode of Tell Me It's Friday. We are joined by Peter and Porter. Peter Wandoff, Indirect Lending Manager for Forefront Credit Union, and Porter Peterson, our Lending Success Coach. Man, say that 10 times fast. Peter and Porter, Peter and Porter. It reminds me of, you could do Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers, but you could do Peter Porter picked a pack of pickled peppers. That wouldn't be bad if I could actually (laughs) say it. Can you do it? No, gosh, no, I'm not even going to attempt it. Come on, Porter, (laughs) can you do it? No chance. No? No (laughs) Too early? Not enough coffee? Way too early. All right, fine. We're not professional broadcasters like you. I am not a... This is true. Used yeah. to be. Used to be. You're a pro. Eh, not really. How are you guys doing this morning? Wonderful. Thank you for having us. Thank you for coming on the show. What do you guys want to talk about today? I think probably just the state of the auto industry right now. Oh, us. I thought maybe you were going to talk like movies or something. If you want to talk movies. We did that. I just <laughs> saw Cocaine Bear, which by the way was awesome. I don't even I don't even know if it's appropriate for me to ask what that movie was about the way that the it's, title is. <laughs> I think the title just about sums it all up there for you. Pretty much, right? I think it does. Bear too. gets into some cocaine, mayhem ensues. I don't want to no I don't want to give any spoilers. Please don't. Please don't. It's I'm, definitely worth it's a, it was a fun watch for sure. Okay. Isn't it loosely based off of a true story? Uh, actually it is. I mm-hmm. have no idea. Yeah. In this one the bear lives. The bear lives. Yeah. I assume the true story, the bear did not. The bear's no longer with us, yes. I just read that they found a bear, and they found a lot of cocaine, and they kind of drew some conclusions between the two. (laughs) It was a heck of a movie. And they decided, let's make a movie where the bear doesn't (laughs) die. That sounds like a heck of a movie. (laughs) It was so awesome. It really was good. Well, go see that movie, Cocaine Bear. There you go. (laughs) Sounds interesting. Circling back, though, Peter is right. We are here to talk about the auto industry. Um, I remember a time not so long ago in a far away land <laughs> um, that we used to see vehicle prices, used vehicle prices. I mean, they were at an all-time high. People were making bank mm-hmm. off of selling their cars. Car lots were virtually empty. Rental cars were almost non-existent because... As I understand it, car dealerships were having to sell rental cars in some situations. That's right. Times were strange, probably much like the movie Cocaine Bear. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now it's 2023, and at least to the naked eye, I see that uh, car dealerships are filling up more. Things seem a little bit more normal. And I'm Mm -hmm. saying that with hesitation because I am not the expert, but the two gentlemen sitting across from me are. You guys, what are we seeing with the industry these days in 2023? You want to go? <laughs> they are both looking at it? each other and pointing. No, <laughs> you, you go. You go. <laughs> Peter's the dealership expert. I'll let him lead off on that. Yeah. So, so it, 
it was really interesting uh, when COVID was going on, and then the subsequent aftermath, as I like to say it on the used car or on the dealer lots. I say used cars because we primarily lend to used car buyers. And you and you were you're right. We had a significant increase in used car prices, which uh, was good and bad. Uh, I think probably in the long run, those increased prices are going to be a bad thing for most consumers because of uh, holding back from putting money down. Right. So now that prices are falling again or becoming right, if you will, um, that puts uh, our our members into a situation of negative equity, which is where you owe more than the vehicle is actually worth, right? So so we've got that going on. Used car prices are, are declining. Inventories are starting to increase, although not to pre-COVID levels. Uh, I read a stat the other day, I think it was Cox Automotive, that uh, used car inventories are at about... 42, 43 days, which is a little bit on the lower side, but it is starting to rebound a little bit now that uh, new cars are starting to uh, populate dealer lots again. Mm -hmm. So that's starting to balance out. Unfortunately, you know, I remember, so let's just address the elephant in the room or the bear as it is. (laughs) Um, Rates, right? Everyone's concerned about rates. We're watching the Federal Open Market Committee at the end of this month uh, with great, with great interest because over the last year we've seen rates in- increase uh, significantly. Um, pre uh, 2020, really 2021, let's say, rates were artificially low. Um, whether it was on the open market, you know, banks or credit unions borrowing overnight funds to fund loans that I make and Porter makes. And um, when they're artificial for that, artificially low for that long, what ends up happening is that we get into this mindset where, uh, well, rates are always going to be this low. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're starting to see um, a significant uh, change in that philosophy where rates are becoming um, really kind of almost too high. Uh, mm-hmm. we've, we've taken it to the extreme now, to the other side of the equation, the other side of the balance. So, you know, what used to be a good rate at 2%, you can no longer get. And if you're getting a 6% loan right now on a top tier or even 8%, that's a really good rate, honestly. I know from our perspective, um, last year I was as, my as low as rate was right around that four range. Well, actually it was less than that. It was like three six four three six five something like that and now my top tier is eight percent i mean and that had there's a number of different factors money on deposit and what we can borrow and et cetera, et cetera. so but just know that although the rates are high and it does increase your per month that rate is not as high as i've ever seen and most people that are in my age group let's say plus 50 um, I, I came into this industry in 91 mm-hmm. and rates a really good a tier rate, a plus rate was above 10%. So how's that make you feel Porter? Makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Porter just got it alone. So, and I know you weren't super jazzed with your rate. You said, no, we're over 9%, but the, uh, the beauty of that is you can always refinance down the road. Uh, once rates do hopefully come back down. Right. So that's one of the things that we're able to do as a credit union is to help our members on their journey, whatever that journey may be. Right. So mm-hmm. um, you keep that loan for 12 months. You're you're paying your payments on time. 
you're you're a good citizen to the credit union, um, we have the ability to rewrite that loan essentially and lower your payment, assuming that your uh, that your score increases and uh, that would translate to a lower rate, right? So if you're at an A plus right now, chances are it's not going to. It could make a difference, but um, especially if you're like in those mid tiers, like those BC tiers, and you're able to bump up like one or two tiers, that could, that difference in monthly payment could be significant. So sure. you always, I mean, we always say you want to make your payments on time, but now it's even more important because the, the ship will right itself. We're just going through a little bit of turbulent water for sure. Can I ask, I know you guys aren't fortune tellers, but when do we think that the ship will right itself and that those rates will <laughs> come down a little bit? And do you have an idea of what that more steady rate will look like when it does happen? I, I, I think for 2023, it's a crapshoot at this point. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I was just talking to our CEO at Andy Kemp this morning and we we both kind of agree that rates are still in, in kind of like that flux phase right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, we're recording this podcast on just, or what is it? March 8th, right? Yep. March 8th today. So, uh, um, Jerome, Jerome Powell, right? The fed chairman was indicating yesterday that, uh, rates are not going to go down anytime soon. And in fact, they're looking at perhaps a more aggressive increase in March. So, um, I think for 2023, it's it's kind of up in the air, quite honestly. Maybe 2024, then you see things I, circling back around. If I were guessing, yeah, I would think that that's probably appropriate. I want to be very clear: these guys are not making any promises here. Yeah. So please yeah, don't hold these them are accountable just, to that. These are just personal feelings on my part. Yeah, we're just asking the, news, the so. experts that have felt this out for a while. What can we expect? Just. Please. I know some of the other factors that play in this um, don't, you wouldn't think that they're related, but like the job market comes into play and kind of sure. how that growth is going um, and also consumer spending as well. Mm-hmm. If consumer spending remains high and job growth remains strong, then inflation unfortunately will continue on. Mm-hmm. So there are almost a couple other negative factors that would need to happen to be able to see this positive factor of reducing interest rates. And that would be, slowing job growth, and also uh, reduced consumer spending as well. Gotcha. So there's a whole lot of balls in the air. That sounds like three more podcasts that we'd have to cover. Yeah, for sure. For (laughs) sure. Well, that gives us a pretty good, I would say, synopsis of rates. Um, So circling back, there's still going to be people out there that are buying and selling right Mm -hmm. now. Um, What are you guys seeing? Any trends, I guess, with... um, uh, pre- people purchasing vehicles. What kind of vehicles are people looking to purchase these days? More used, more new? Um, any trends there to talk about? Well, I think that what you're seeing as far as uh, vehicle pri- vehicle purchasing is used cars are, now that they're coming back into line, people are, are still gravitating toward that product. The the interesting thing about right now is in the new car market, uh, incentive incentivized rates and residuals for leasing or just rates in general for loans are are not, I won't say they're non-existent, but they're very very hard to come by. Mm. Additionally, dealer cash or dealer rebate or uh, manufacturer rebates are hard to come by uh, because the supply isn't there. I I'd like to say that the automakers have have learned their lesson. Right and offering uh, 
uh, obscenely high dollar amounts as far as rebates or dealer cash or consumer cash are concerned. But all it takes is one. And once one person does, one one corporation does it, the rest will fall in line. It it always happens. So um, without those incentivizations in place, I think the used car market's going to be, is still going to be pretty stable. And as a result, we're going to see a lot of those uh, applications coming across our desk. Okay. On the loan side of things, we're starting to see a lot of kind of negative equity. Uh, Peter kind of touched on that earlier, but that's something a lot of people aren't taking into consideration. If you bought a vehicle 2020, 2021, and you're looking to upgrade now, Mm -hmm. if you've been just making your regular payments on that loan, the book value of that vehicle has now dropped to a point to where you wouldn't be able to get that back on trade. So if you don't have, in some cases, a significant down payment to put down, you wouldn't be able to purchase that next vehicle because of that negative equity. Okay. What about people maybe that have, um, you know, paid off their vehicle? They're simply looking to sell it and then upgrade after that. Are they in a better spot? Yeah, they they would be in a better spot. Um, They they may be surprised as what the, what they're offered Mm -hmm. um, at that dealership. But uh, I think that also goes into play of just the, the values kind of went up substantially Mm -hmm. for a couple of years and they're starting to come back down a little bit. Sure. Can I ask, do you guys have suggestions, you know, for folks that are listening is now a good time to purchase a vehicle, whether it be new or used? If you Uh, need a vehicle, I wouldn't say it's a bad time to purchase. Um, If you're able to wait a little bit longer and just kind of see what happens, Mm -hmm. again, you're playing the risk game of of rates likely increasing a little bit more. Uh, So I guess it all just depends, in my opinion, on on how long you have to wait. So if you've got a good vehicle right now and your your window is is tight, you want to, or I guess you don't have a very good vehicle right now and your window's tight, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't say it's a terrible time to buy. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking to get something more long-term and what you have now works, you just want to wait and see how things play out, you might be able to get a better rate in the future. Okay. Definitely. I mean, it, and it kind of depends on the person you're speaking with too, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm across from my dad, I'm telling him, Dad, your car's fine. Sure. Just stay. Mm-hmm. Don't do anything. This isn't the time. But if it's a working class person, you know, what I would consider like a typical member for us, and they have to get to work and back, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the repairs now on that on the vehicle they're currently driving are more and more, more and more. Uh, they're adding up. Yeah, yeah. They're adding up, and they're more frequent is yeah. the word I was looking for. Yep. Um, sorry about that. Sometimes I my internal... <laughs> my internal speaking uh, gets in a, stuck in a loop, so Mine they're too. more and more they're more and more frequent, right? So, it, you kind of do what you have to do. the The thing is, is you want to get into it. You want to get into that transaction wisely, mm-hmm. right? That probably leads into my next question. I'm thinking it's a porter question. I don't know. So, if I can't wait, if I absolutely need to get into a new vehicle, um, what? should I be looking for in a new to me vehicle? I'm not necessarily saying a brand new spanking vehicle um, for to get the most return back for me on that. What are some suggestions that you might have for members to um, make that the, get the most out of that mm-hmm. now and in the future? I think a couple things to consider would be um, 
trying to protect that investment a little bit. So if you're not able to put any money down up front or you have a small down payment, that does put you at risk um, throughout the life of that loan. Uh, so we do have a couple things that we could look into. So the first being gap insurance. Uh, a lot of dealers offer it, and then we also offer it here at Forefront. So if you're looking at purchasing a vehicle through a private party, that's still available to you. So that would protect you if your vehicle was totaled out and the insurance company doesn't deem it to be worth what you owe on it. Then the gap insurance essentially jumps in there and takes care of the rest to explain it simply. And then also we have something newer uh, called mechanical repair coverage. So with that, you're essentially able to prepay your repair expenses um, with that coverage. It, it, it is an extended warranty, um, but it covers a lot of items above and beyond what the manufacturer warranty would cover. Um, so that's a really good option to look into as well, so that if you do have unexpected expenses, then you've got that to uh, to fall back on as well. Mm-hmm. I think those are both great products, quite honestly, and I would always encourage somebody to take a long, hard look at, at both of those and, um, and figure out a way um, without stretching yourself too thin to, to put that into your budget as far as a, a vehicle's concerned, for sure, as far as monthly payment's concerned. Because honestly, you know, Gap coverage is great, and you, I, I'm a huge, I'm a big believer in that. But a service contract is equally as important, just so you can budget out repair costs in the future. Um, and it's a cancelable product too, so oh, it's, is it? It, yeah. So it's not like it's just spent and then it can never be uh, recouped, if you will. Generally, Gap and a service contract will be a prorated refund, mm-hmm. so there will be some of that money's coming back. Maybe not all the entire contract, but. Um, uh, you know, everything is components now. It's not easy like when I was working on cars when I was 18, right, or 17, where, you know, the, the rear the rear stoplight goes out. All you had to do was just take the lens off or actually pull out the, um, the socket from the back. You replace the ball, put it back in, no big deal. It's 33 cents or whatever it was back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's like two or three hundred dollars. I'm because, saying, mm-hmm, like I know. <laughs> now it's two or three hundred dollars just for the component, right? And that's just the part. Mm-hmm. That doesn't include the labor. If you're untalented like me and you just have the dealership do it, then you have uh, labor costs on top of that. So everything that we think of is, that shouldn't be a lot is now a lot, right? Yeah. yeah. So. And I'm just guessing on two or three hundred dollars. I I assume that it's that it's around there. I know what I did back i don't know it's over 10 years ago now with my saturn view i had to replace the replace the assembly on the right hand side for the uh, rear rear light and it was like 150 bucks just for the part mm-hmm. and there are a couple like really cool add-on benefits with mrc other than just it repairs your vehicle if something comes up if you break down, I believe it's more than 100 or 150 miles away from your place of residence, <laughs> like you're on a road trip, it will cover expenses for lodging and food if you end up having to stay overnight. Oh, okay. Um, and then another really cool thing is if you sell your vehicle, say private party, and you still have some of that warranty left over, you could pay a fee to have that transferred over to the next owner. So you're essentially able to sell a used vehicle in marketplace that's going to have some sort of warranty, which mm-hmm. you just, you never see that. Right. So that's something that, that that I think is really cool about the product. And those are both, um, we talked before the show, you said relatively new with us here at Forefront? Yeah, we rolled that out 
a few months ago okay. at this point. Have you seen a lot of um, success members wanting to jump on board with that last few months? Yeah, that's something we're, we're trying to talk to all of our members about that mm-hmm. product, and, and we're we're doing fairly well on, on protecting those loans. Nice. And that's just one of the ways <clears throat> I think that, you know, Forefront really tries to look out for its members, right? Can you That's guys right. talk a little bit more about how Forefront uh, works, you know, in times that are tough still like these to say yes and put mm-hmm. people in the vehicles that they need and why they stick out? Well, I mean, credit unions have always been strongest, in my opinion, when times have been tough. I mean, every, anybody can make an, eight, an A-tier loan. I mean, I could take my... 18-year-old son who essentially is inexperienced in the way of the world and he could I could teach him just rudimentary basics here's the numbers here's the credit bureau and it would be easy for him to loan to an A plus customer or member I should say where we really thrive especially at forefront is finding that way to pick out the yes out of, out of all those applications that we see. Now, it may not always be at the terms that you think you should get. Everyone always thinks I should get the 8% rate with zero money down. The world doesn't work like that. That would be uh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that's not the way the world works. I mean, there is some risk associated with someone with a little shakier credit. We're still willing to, to do the loan, but we want to make sure that the, we set that member up for success so that in the future they're borrowing at a lower at a lower cost, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that's where I think that we really thrive. And even in this raising rate environment, it's been difficult um, to find money. We're still finding ways to lend. So that's some something to to be mindful of. That we are stable. We're in good shape. Um, and our underwriting hasn't changed. Like um, I was just looking at some data yesterday, as a matter of fact, Experian uh, came out with their Q4 uh, 2022 industry data. And what's interesting to me, and this isn't specific to um, uh, Forefront, but let's just take used vehicle market share. Credit unions are now at 31% of market share, uh, mm-hmm. which is an increase versus the year prior. Banks decreased a little over 5%. And this is, um, you know, even auto-specific share when you include used ve- or new vehicles as well. Um, credit unions financed nearly 30% of vehicle uh, purchases in 2022. Banks wow. decreased about 7%. So what's that tell you? We're in the business to help people out, and banks are there for the profit. They have, the guys. they have shareholders, too, that they're responsible to. Mm-hmm. We're responsible to our members. So... The money that Megan borrows, I'm taking away from Porter's deposit, a portion of that, right? Mm-hmm. We're so that's kind of like how the credit union world works, mm-hmm. right? Where banks mm-hmm. are just they're in it, they're in it for their shareholders, and I don't think necessarily for what they call their customers or their clients or whatever, however they term it. Yeah, yeah, we are the good guys. Well, I think um, that's a really good way, honestly, to wrap it up, unless you guys have more tidbits that you'd like to put out there uh, to our members. But um, I, th- I think we took home a lot with that. Anything else that you guys want to add? Do you got anything, boss? I think it's just good to remember that this, too, shall pass. You know, higher interest rates that we're kind of working through. Um, 
I remember it, it didn't feel like that long ago that I was stressed about the vehicle prices and the fact mm-hmm. that they're, they're going up. And as a lender, that's tough because I kind of foresaw the drop in values mm-hmm. and the fact that you would have members um, that are that are negative in their equity. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the rate, the, the value of those vehicles is starting to come back to earth. And I think rates will be a similar story when you look back on it in a few years. All right. The end is near. Soon. I hope so. I won't make that promise. <laughs> hopefully. <but laughs> hopefully. It won't be in the next three to six months, I'm sure. But That's it, okay. yeah, it will yeah. write itself again. Just just have to weather the storm. All right. Good advice. Well, thank you both for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank Thanks you. for having hopefully us. Hopefully our listeners took something away from it. All right. Yo, tell me it's Friday. Hey, tell me it's Friday. Yo, tell me it's Friday. Tell me it's Friday.